0: Hour number two of the Bruce Hooley show emanates from my basement in uh, rural Madison County. The weather is the big story locally. Maybe it has impacted your day. Most likely it has because pretty much everything out there is closed. Don't know if many people are working in the office today or not. Hopefully if you are, you arrive safely and we'll get back home safely. We have an evolving weather situation, at least where I live. We didn't get everything we were said to be uh, getting, but we're still in the process of getting it as there's periodic ice and I'm told there's more snow on the way. So the commute home tonight will be a challenge and most likely the commute tomorrow morning will also be a challenge. So be careful wherever you go. Ohio State's basketball game tonight with Iowa has been canceled. That's um, at least as much because of Iowa's travel difficulties, which originated with Uh, an airplane issue uh, then morphed into once the airplane issue was fixed a weather issue. So that game is off tonight. I would imagine that every single high school event is off tonight. The YMCA in Franklin County is closed. So is the libraries and library and its branches, COSI Columbus zoo Uh, I 71 uh, between 62 and 56 now said to be reopened. But, because of the jackknife semi that closed it about six o'clock this morning until well past 11 a.m. I would imagine it's going to take hours and hours and hours for that to shake out. Uh, Flights out of John Glenn international, not happening. Don't know about flights in, but it's a mess out there. Franklin County courts are closed. Common pleas, juvenile domestic relations, everything. So, Be careful. Don't get in an accident. Don't get hurt. And if the show sounds different, it's because I am doing it remotely today and the equipment is a little bit different. But through the miracle of technology, we're able to be with you, and we are glad of that. Joe Biden's on his way to New York to talk crime. As I was saying as we ended hour number one, I think it's a hard sell for Joe Biden to make that he's anti-crime when he's the head of a party that is decidedly not anti-crime. that believes that crime is... Uh, As much, if not more, a factor of what people are driven to do than their own independent decisions to do it. And stories like the two police officers in Harlem, young, um, willing to serve their community, motivated to serve their community, grieving families, grieving widows, making powerful statements at their funerals. Those are the kinds of things that resonate with people, and murder rate in Columbus – off the chart the last two years, we're off to another very depressing start this year. When you go to the polls in November, I think crime, inflation, border, whatever happens in Ukraine, uh, whatever transpires of these latest revelations about Hunter Biden and some of the impeachment witnesses against Donald Trump writing memos that, hey, Hunter Biden is really causing a problem for us as we relate to Ukraine. The people who were out to get Trump, their memos to the State Department about Hunter Biden are now being ferreted out by people like the New York Times. I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath for Joe Biden in the fall, and people tend to remember these very personal things, like the New York police officers, like the young woman at the furniture store in L.A. who's stabbed to death, like the officer in Houston. She was stabbed to death in broad daylight. The officer in Houston, the constable who's shot by an illegal alien, that brings up the whole border crisis again. And now we have another story. Orlando, Florida, 78-year-old man, worked for 40 years in New York as a hospital security guard. He's at a CVS on Sunday getting his medication. He walks out to his car. He's carjacked by a 19-year-old and a 25-year-old. The victim is black. Black. The criminals are black. The race really doesn't have anything to do with it. But it's, I think, indic- indicative of the fact that as much as the Democratic Party picks and chooses cases to use as demonstrations of racism, criminals very often are <laughs> – are just bad people, just evil people. And this story will not get any attention in the mainstream media because it doesn't tell the racial narrative. It doesn't support the racial narrative that the mainstream media wants to underscore. It's always news when a white police officer shoots a black criminal. Always. It's always news. It's news with Jacob Blake. It's news with Michael Brown. It's news with... uh, Ahmed, uh, not Ahmed Arbery was not cops. Uh, it's news with uh, the guy at the Wendy's in Atlanta. It's always news when it's a white cop and a black criminal. But when it's a black victim, little girl in a drive through at McDonald's in Chicago, seven years old, seated next to her dad, shot dead, that's not mainstream news. That's not something BLM uses. This 78-year-old man who lost his wife a few months ago, his name is Euken Cummings, He's walking to his car, nineteen year old black woman, twenty five year old black man, carjack him, shoot him, back over him while stealing his Mercedes, and then drive over him a second time while fleeing the parking lot. That's not news. But you see a picture of this man, he just he just looks like an amazing gentleman. He's he's just Got a little derby hat on in the picture he's in. He's in a suit. He's a very gentle countenance about him. Father of four, ten grandchildren. His wife of fifty-four years died a few months ago. Just going about his life, and he's murdered. This is a hard story to get out of your head. When you look at him and the gentleness and the peace that he reflects, and then you look at these two people who murdered him, and you see. I I see emptiness in their eyes. Like what possessed you to target a defenseless, peaceful man who you didn't know was doing you no harm, but what? You resent what? His wealth, the fact he has a Mercedes, like he's he's easy pickings for you? Like you're so selfish and so self-absorbed that you don't see him as another person? That you decide that his life is worth so little that you can just kill him to take – whatever money he has on him and the keys to his car and this is where we are in our society today and this is not this is not a way to this is not a way that an orderly society functions we get to this point because criminals have no real deeply held fear Of the consequences of their actions they have no fear of that and i would argue that they have no fear of that because of policies that have been extolled by the democratic party that the result of their actions is because someone did something to them or the system is set up to marginalize them or hold them down i mean a few years ago we had the revelation that the African-American Museum of History characterizes things like being on time as racist. Being on time? Being on time is just a consideration of others and is a portion of how things operate in an orderly society. But if we're going to marginalize things that have always been true And say they are not true, and we're going to use them not just as they're not true, but they are demonstrations of some kind of nefarious evil in our society. Why would we be surprised that a 19-year-old woman and a 25-year-old man would look at a 78-year-old man who's lived his life peacefully and is just trying to go about his business? Why would we be surprised if they look at him as anything other than the way a wolf looks at a weak and wounded fawn and decides, sure, I'm hungry. So I'm going to kill that. I'm going to devour that. This is what has been wrought by the policies of the Democratic Party. By their lust for power to say whatever they need to say to appeal to a voting block that they perceive really – and this is the most nefarious part – they perceive a voting block of the poor, of the – People who are struggling, of the uneducated, of the poorly educated, they perceive that voting block as an easy voting block to win over with simplistic explanations for those folks' problems in order to win their vote so that the people in power can stay in power. That is why – Kamala Harris doesn't believe that crimes like the one I just talked about in Orlando are the result of a system. She doesn't believe that. She'll say that. She can't believe that. She can't be, a, can't be a reasonable, reasonably intelligent person and truly believe that. She wouldn't believe that if that happened to her or if that happened to somebody she loves. So this is the disgusting part of Biden going to New York today. And pretending to care about crime, pretending to be tough on crime, pretending not to be presiding over a party that has removed hundreds of millions of dollars from police funding across the country. And in New York City alone, $1 billion from police funding. This is why it's important to be discerning when it comes to information, to look deeper than the answers that are being spouted publicly. Because when the answers are being spouted publicly, they are very, very, very seldom. The actual answers and the actual explanations that do not stand up to the light of truth. New development in the familiar story of Dr. Richard Strauss. He was the uh, doctor at Ohio State. Uh, doctors are supposed to do no harm. He did mammoth harm to many young male athletes in his um, egregious time at Ohio State, sexually abused many athletes who went in for physical examinations or other uh, medical appointments. Ohio State has paid out a lot of money. I think it's over $50 million to 200, and 200 plus survivors. They're still paying for counseling. But uh, Ohio State basically got to the point where they were like, okay, we're gonna we're going to shut this off if you haven't been judged to be part of this settlement, then we're not going to listen to any more of your claims. And I don't know the nuances of that decision, but sometimes there's just no way for a decision, however uh, it is arrived upon, there's no way for the decision to be compassionate in the eyes of the public. Because if you are a young male athlete, you go in for a physical. You're sexually molested. And a lot of this happened. I mean, I was covering Ohio State athletics at this time. Dr. Strauss primarily uh, found his victims on the swim team, the wrestling team, the track team. I don't know if he had a lot of dealings with football players. Obviously at Ohio State football, men's basketball I'll get the bulk of the headlines. And I've said many times before, In the 80s and the 90s, particularly the early 90s, it was a much different climate where we viewed the sexual assault of men completely differently than we view it now. Now we know how nefarious and emotionally damaging it can be. Back then, it was viewed, if you had even brought it up, you were in danger of being labeled as hmm, what is it about you that caused that to happen, and why didn't you just take care of it yourself in the quintessentially male way of beating the guy up who assaulted you? Well, you have to understand, this guy's a doctor. He's an authority figure, and that gave him cover. Do I think Ohio State knew chapter and verse, everything that was going on? And decided not to do anything about it. I don't think they knew the full extent of it. Do I think they knew some of it? Yeah, because the rumors were rampant. And the whispers among athletes were very open in talking about this guy. He had a reputation. He earned the reputation. So the latest development is that there were court documents filed yesterday in the Sixth Circuit Court by some of the student-athletes who uh, still are seeking uh, to be made – to be satisfied with a judgment as much as you can possibly be for that kind of emotional damage. Uh, the document said that Ohio State uh, kept people from learning about the sexual abuse, that they falsified Strauss's performance reviews to keep that secret, that they destroyed patient records. And it accuses Ohio State of allowing Strauss to retire voluntarily and misrepresented his departure by granting him emeritus honors uh, in order to conceal the abuse and the university's role in it. Now, Strauss's emeritus honors were rescinded by Ohio State in 2019, 14 years after he had uh, taken his own life. So uh, this is. This is an ugly matter, and I understand both sides. I understand why Ohio State would want to get past this. I understand why some lawyer is telling Ohio State, look, you can't leave this open-ended. People are always going to be coming forward. You're going to end up paying, 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 paying. Yeah, I get all that, and sometimes the right thing to do is the very inconvenient thing to do. But when you take a harsh stance against people who have been unspeakably harmed emotionally you might be taking it for legal reasons you might be taking it because you're not wrong in saying hey you've had long enough to come forward you've had long enough and if you haven't come forward till now if you haven't joined the settlement then you know look you're the kind of person that's never going to be happy and we're just not going to be able to satisfy you so we got to cut this off at some point i understand that mindset But I also understand that there are some positions that you take that can be defended but will never sound right and will never convey in boldest terms a truly compassionate outlook towards someone who has been harmed in a way that no young person should ever be harmed by a person who has a position of trust. Ohio State's statement in response to this latest action, the university has reached settlement agreements totaling $57.8 million with 232 survivors through the mediation process and the university's individual settlement program. We'll continue to cover the cost of professionally certified counseling services and treatment for anyone affected by stress. What's the translation of that? It's pretty much what I just said. We've done all we're going to do. We've given you long enough to find satisfaction with our response to this. We're not going to continue this indefinitely. But that rings hollow with the people who've gone through it. And honestly, you know, somebody like me from the outside in looking at this, it's hard for me to say, like, okay, I get it, Ohio State, when. Virtually it's impossible to turn around and not see them pay millions of dollars to the next new football coach that they think is going to answer all their problems.